0: Hey kids, welcome to the Hey Arnold Podcast, Episode 1. We finally got together and we finally recorded the first episode. Jen has officially seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is... Commando. In this episode, the first episode of the Hey Arnold podcast, we break down Commando. Uh, Jen, it was it was so great. Jen was watching the movie and just making notes on her phone, like, "Oh, I need to talk about this. I, I, this is this is ridiculous. This is absurd." It's really, I I I could not have had more fun doing this. It was great to get her opinions on things that I've enjoyed my entire life, and I'm really looking forward to future episodes. But enough about me talking. This first episode of the Hey Arnold podcast. Keep up alive, kids. (laughs)
1: begins <laughs> so it
0: begins welcome to the hey arnold podcast i am mike papadopoulos and
1: i am jen papadopoulos
0: and jen this is the first official actual episode of the hey arnold podcast
1: I with apologies for the longest delay between the intro episode and the actual first episode we found out we were expecting a baby which is kind of thrown off podcast recording and planning for a wee bit but we're we're back in the game now
0: (laughs) yeah so we're uh we finally i finally got jen to sit down and watch her first arnold schwarzenegger movie ever
1: And and it was commando
0: commando let me go ahead and uh for those of you unfamiliar with the movie commando let me go ahead and uh
1: give you a brief synopsis and if in case we have to say it spoilers spoilers everywhere but this movie came out in 1985
0: yes 1985 the so, year of my birth
1: so if you haven't seen it you really should have i hadn't and i don't know if i would have lost anything by having it spoiled for me <laughs> right.
0: so 1985 commando a retired elite black ops commando launches a one-man war against a group of South American criminals who have kidnapped his daughter to blackmail him into starting a revolution and getting an exiled dictator back into power. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of familiar faces in this movie. A very young Alyssa Milano, she had to have been about, like, 11 years old,
1: which is weird because she still has a like she still has an adult face. It's just an adult face and a tiny body.
0: <laughs> we've got um uh we've got like uh Bill Duke who is very familiar to Arnold fans for uh Mac and Predator. Um you've of course got Arnold Schwarzenegger duh. Um you've got Dan Hedaya. Who was
1: Cher's dad in Clueless? Yes, which made it really hard for me to take him seriously as an exiled dictator of Valverde, of Valverde, of salsa verde.
0: Yes, uh, it, in uh, in watching the film, we, uh, we were like, "Where is this?" And then we saw the uh the airport sign for Valverde, the
1: Aeropuerta sign,
0: Aeropuerta, and we both learned something, Valverde is apparently it's a fictional country or city used by Hollywood filmmakers when they require a South-slash-Central-American locale without getting into legal or diplomatic issues. Which I thought was fun. It's funny, the name translates as Green Valley, as Val is the Portuguese and Spanish word the old-fashioned french word the there's a lot of shit there hang on i was gonna say it was it, I used think- in uh commando of course super carrier die hard 2 and adventure inc god so many terrible films <laughs> die hard 2 is good the rest are are pretty shitty i've seen yeah i've seen the other two
1: i i haven't i haven't seen die hard 2 so
0: oh die hard 2 is so good you'll love it um <laughs> Let's see, who else was in here? Um, it was Dan Hedaya, James Olsen, as Frank Kirby. So, I mean, a lot of great stuff. Um, <laughs> this film is just so rife for parody. It is, it's, it's a great action movie
1: it's very entertaining but I think it's very telling that like the first scene in the movie starts with a guy cleaning his cat box so you literally know this movie is shit
0: (laughs) yeah Jen made notes I did and it
1: looks like the ravings of a lunatic
0: (laughs) alright so let's go let's go down your list
1: Of, of my of my small like recap things let's see yeah
0: let's let's start from the beginning
1: Okay, so we have
0: uh, opening scene, we've got we've got uh Cook on the garbage truck and then some I think he had a name. I can't remember. He was some asshole who dies very early on in the film.
1: Well he was yeah, he was he had to take out the trash and he's like, You guys almost forgot about me and then he and then Cook was like, No he didn't and shoots him repeatedly and he falls to the ground dead and then he shoots him some more because apparently nobody pays for bullets in these movies. No,
0: not at all. The the amount of bullets here back up just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. The amount of bullets that they use in this film is is a grotesque in number. <laughs> I'd love to I'd love to see a count.
1: They really should do a bullet count. It would yeah, be let's phenomenal.
0: See, let's see if that exists. Keep going um, on your list. <laughs> I'm
1: trying to think of who Okay, so then somebody else Actually, oh, yeah, the car dealership, because apparently you go from being black ops to being a car dealer um, who is trying to sell a Cadillac with vinyl interior. Um, And then Cook tries to just decides to steal the car. Somehow this is the issue I have is he's trying to kill all of these guys, but all of these deaths are completely accident. Um, they're 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 totally accidental because if the guy hadn't ran out with his garbage, yeah, he wouldn't have been shot because they were driving away right from his house. Yeah,
0: it it was a very uh, it was a very weak kind of kind of uh,
1: yeah. And then the guy ca- the guy at the car dealership wouldn't have died unless he leapt on a Cadillac to try and save it from being stolen. Earning the posthumous award for most dedicated Cadillac car salesman.
0: <laughs> it's so true, though. Like, if you think that you think that these guys are like you know fucking hitmen and everything like they that, were they were
1: black ops, yeah. and they're so shitty.
0: Well, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the rest of the commandos. Okay, I'm talking about uh, I'm the about task cook. force
1: sent to kill them. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm talking about Cook. Like a lot of this is being left to chance.
1: Mm. The coincidence murders.
0: Uh, pretty fucking much
1: and then also for considering that their leader can legitimately sniff out a bad guy which happens these guys are just like they were the best of the best and apparently they're so shitty that they sense no danger
0: right it made it makes so little sense like arnold had to carry that team yeah if that's what they if that's how they were
1: and then you've got your your third kill which you find out is is a fake out of bennett who for some reason is australian right which is great because they give him the least threatening accent on earth (laughs) um who yeah as in a fake explosion causing general kirby to very subtly go to Arnold's remote wilderness home in a fucking chopper.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that remote wilderness home for a bit, that opening credit sequence. Where... With the bo-
1: with with like look at Arnold being a dad in a yeah. way that's like a little creepy but not creepy. It, it, but kind of creepy i don't think it's
0: creepy it's kind of
1: creepy like they're sharing like at one point they get ice cream and they're laughing and everything and she tries his ice cream and he tries her ice cream and she smushes the cone in his face and you're like oh that's adorable both of those cones are fucking vanilla why do you have to taste each other's ice cream it's the same goddamn flavor (laughs)
0: because you're setting up an opening credit scene. they give
1: one of them chocolate and one of them vanilla (laughs) <laughs> oh, that, there
0: were so many little detail errors, like film continuity errors in this movie. It's Which I normally beautiful.
1: don't even know. Like, I'm normally not that, like, nitpicky, but they were just, they were so glaring that you're just like, I'm like, why are, why are his Speedos white in this scene when they are black in the scene before? Okay, now they're black again. Yeah. Like, the pan out shot changes the color of his Speedos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that opening credit sequence is... Like, mom's never mentioned.
1: No, we don't know if she she died If she died
0: or if Alyssa Milano butted off of Arnold asexually. She she
1: burst from his uh, thigh a la Athena and Zeus. Yes.
0: (laughs) Holy shit, Alyssa Milano. (laughs) It's, uh... Uh, yeah, it... That but she opens- does.
1: She has the the greatest eighties girl wardrobe of all time. Oh so, yeah, she does. so props to Arnold for being a good single father and a, a great shopper. Oh yeah,
0: he's got. She's got the overalls. She's got the. Uh, those got the eighties hair.
1: Those great high waisted shorts that everyone wore and nobody will admit to. And <laughs> just all together. I mean, brilliant wardrobe choices. All and They're around.
0: feeding a deer by hand.
1: Yeah, they feed a deer. They they play in a swimming pool. They get ice cream. They go fishing together. I mean, it's it's ideal. I mean, they
0: really hammer this. I'm a great dad thing home,
1: but they don't explain what he does in the meantime. Like everybody else, like has to apparently like the one dude has to work at a at a Cadillac dealership to make ends meet. Arnold just gets to like I don't know be nature dude with his daughter.
0: Yeah. I mean maybe he maybe he retired, made a lot of money. Maybe he
1: consults on the side. I don't I don't know. But they don't really get into any of those details. No. Because they're really not necessary.
0: No, it's not a detail oriented movie, not in the slightest. Um so Kirby shows up, the says leaves two guys there, tells him he's good Are they good any hands. good?
1: Oh yeah, they're really good. They're not as good as you. Yeah, no, because they're cannon fodder in like the next two minutes. Oh,
0: less than that. It was like Thirty seconds after that helicopter took off.
1: Yeah, which I don't understand because Kirby was the general that was in charge, like that was a like over Schwarzenegger, over um, John Matrix.
0: (laughs) John Matrix. Yes, that name is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, literally his guerrilla forces. Like he could have knocked them all out in one swoop and saved himself a lot of time instead of waiting for the helicopter to go away. Yeah. I don't know, but either way, yeah, Kirby shows up in the helicopter like a giant red homing beacon to where Matrix is, quickly departs after leaving two guys. and
0: those two guys last thirty seconds. The,
1: the one guy lasts a tiny bit longer, but um, and then he has to go he's like he's like I have you know, he has the one guy, he has his daughter go hide under the bed. In her room, which is pretty much the worst place for her to hide. So I'm going to give him an X on the Black Ops uh, training manual there. Yeah. It's like, throw her in a closet or, you know, why don't you have a panic room? I, I, your, I ex, your ex Black Ops, get a panic room.
0: Were the, the concept of panic rooms around in I, 1984,
1: 85. I'm fairly sure they were. But I mean, I but think about it this way. He's got a safe full of guns. Yeah. Be like, "Get to the shed that's full of guns." Right. Cuz that's that's where the, that's where I'm not understanding. like that was the big thing for me where the guys alive shot in the arm and he's like, "You know, keep an, you know, keep a nose out for them cuz I can smell them." And um he's like he's like, "I've got to go to my shed to get my rifle." I'm like, "I know plenty of guys that were you know, military, our military, or into guns, none of them keep their guns... Like, they keep an an entire arsenal Mm -hmm. so far away from their house. Right. Because you wouldn't have thought it would be that far away because when he says go to the shed, you're assuming he's going to the backyard, but apparently in the time that it takes him to literally run to his shed, open the safe, go into his arsenal, ogle his weapons, and pick them out, that's enough time to have killed the one guy... Stolen, found and stolen his daughter, She's disabled disabled his car, and they've driven away. Like, right. started driving away.
0: And weird guy with the mustache has enough time to find a chair, sit down, get
1: cozy, get
0: cozy, and wait for Matrix to show up.
1: Not even out of breath or anything. No. So, like, it was just a very casual stroll, which leads me to believe his shed was, like, three miles away or some shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't make any fucking sense as to why it would be so far away. No. Like, how big is this plot of land?
1: <laughs> and, and why would and why would somebody who is former black ops be that far away from his guns?
0: Right. It makes very little sense unless to he was way. like
1: super intense on gun safety for his child, which I could respect to but, a point. To, but it doesn't really make sense. <laughs>
0: no, no. So then we have Arnold pushing the truck
1: which by the way the, the the fact that it was disabled cracked me up because when there's a dent in the um in in the hood which kind of lets him know and then he opens it up and it literally just looked like they dumped a pile of coaxial cables yeah no it because was- he grabs them and he's like oh shit and i'm like well who put coaxial cables in your car <laughs> Sorry, Mike is just chasing off our cat right now because um there was a paw under our door trying to get in.
0: <laughs> Little asshole cat. Okay, so yeah, pushes the truck.
1: Gets into the truck.
0: <laughs> Gets into the truck, pushes the truck down a hill. The truck <laughs> the truck is just bouncing this way, that way, going through branches and shit misses them on the first turnaround
1: thankfully the mountain is a perfect spiral yeah
0: <laughs> so rather than them rather than them stopping the cars and just watching as matrix's car just goes down the hill that he can't stop and they know he can't stop it because they sabotage the fucking car
1: they keep driving yeah and get themselves in the way of the truck Although, if you notice, the truck doesn't ever actually hit. And then when he gets out of the car, he ends up without his rifle that he was so excited about getting that he abandoned his daughter for. <laughs> and then he doesn't even end up with a stupid rifle in the first place.
0: Exactly. Like, where in the hell was. Like, what was the point of taking the rifle?
1: If at no point it gets used, he doesn't even fire it.
0: No, it's like don't put a gun in a mo- Don't put a gun in a scene unless you're going to use it.
1: Yeah, because he has no trouble using every other gun that's in the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get to that. So they capture him. He does this. They they have him by the balls.
1: Yeah, I would say this is this is our first um, viewing of Bennett, who is his former. Um, associate. It, like, I guess they were the top two in the black ops team, and he got kicked
0: off. For, then it got kicked for being
1: off. too violent, mm-hmm. which is kind of hilarious when you watch this movie. Um, and watch Arnold. Um, I'm like, I don't know what you have to do to be too violent for Arnold Schwarzenegger, but um, in the meantime, it looks like he's ran off and joined a Freddie Mercury cover band because yeah, looked- his moustache is glorious, and he's wearing a chainmail vest the entire time with a belt. Mm-hmm. Because 80s.
0: Because the 80s, precisely. Um so they have him by the balls, and he uh <laughs> they lay out this plan. Dan Hadea shows up. So he's this former South Amer- South slash Central American dictator of president of Valverde, uh, who was deposed by Matrix and his team. So the plot is that
1: Matrix will kill the current standing president, president of Valverde. Because um the president trusts Matrix. He was the, the hero of the day um last time.
0: Yes. So then we get this beautiful, wonderful scene where Sully Sully, who's uh, an associate of Bennett's <laughs> and uh I cannot remember the other dude's name to save my life. Hang on, I'll, I'll look Os- it up real quick.
1: Oswald, I think. Oh, no, Enriquez.
0: Enriquez? The big black dude?
1: I thought you said Enrique. Or no, yeah, I thought that was that was what you told me, but you may have been lying.
0: No, it was Jackson. Okay. Yep. Bob Miner played Jackson. So <laughs> so Jackson and Sully accompany Matrix.
1: Oh, wait, you're forgetting. You're forgetting the, the, the I'll Be Back Bennett. Oh, which yes. I believe is Arnold's first official "I'll be back."
0: I think it is in, before, in a movie before before it was popularized in Terminator. It was it was that um, tells Ben and he'll be back. Uh, this whole airport scene happens where basically Sully has to make like Sully's in the airport make sure that Jackson and Matrix's plane takes off. Well, it does, but Matrix. Kills Jackson in his seat.
1: Immediately. Like um, before the plane even takes off.
0: Yeah. Puts a blanket and a pillow and a hat over his face to cover his bloodied thing. And it's an 11 hour flight. It's a, <laughs> great pun as well. Don't don't bother my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> so See your,
1: your version of great pun and my version of great pun differ greatly. But go on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so... So he escapes the plane by by jumping off of the landing gear.
1: Yeah, through the cargo hold, through the secret cargo hold, down to the landing gear.
0: Yes. In all of your years of, of working in the travel industry, what's the likelihood of that?
1: You know, I, I can't speak to that part, but what, the first thing that annoyed me and this is the most pedantic travel thing ever. But Matrix is in seat 7A. Jackson is in seat 7B. When they like per the flight attendant, when they go to their seats, Jackson takes seat 7A, which is the window seat. Right. I'm sorry if you've got a guy that you're taking against your will somewhere. It's like having a toddler. You always give the toddler the window seat so they can't escape.
0: Exactly. Like it does. It doesn't make.
1: Like their 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 um, their elite force is just pretty shitty. Yeah. No. Like if 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 two thirty somethings from St Augustine with
0: no military training whatsoever can see the obvious glaring holes in your plan.
1: Well, I, I am a travel professional, so <laughs> yes, very, true.
0: very true. So. Kills Jackson, escapes from the plane via the landing gear, and jumps into uh jumps into the water. But there's like a it's like a it's like a fucking glade. It's like the Everglades at the end of this fucking runway. Yeah,
1: I'm like, where are they even starting from? Because he's it, like, I guess it's all in California. Yeah, because like he lands and it's like bamboo, and he doesn't <laughs> land in the water. He lands on the bamboo. Which all magically bends for him instead of impaling him, <laughs> which is normally what happens when you land on something fairly solid from a l- great height. No, it's it. They made they
0: made pillows. Like you know how you, bamboo, like you can get bamboo sheets now, and there's like a really high thread count and everything. Yeah, because like there's that. a
1: processing thing that goes. They don't just like tie bamboo together like a raft, and mm-hmm. that's your
0: new sheet. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, they like it's inherent in bamboo. Like bamboo can be like form of a sheet and. <laughs> <laughs> save arnold schwarzenegger from the landing gear of this john plane.
1: john matrix john has matrix. the power to convert bamboo to bamboo sheeting instantly or the power of his mind
0: that honestly it's that's,
1: not less far-fetched than any is, of the other things that i was that happen. just about
0: to say that it, in all of the things that happen in this movie that one seems fairly likely, plausible <laughs> so pursue sully through the airport
1: Oh, in in the meantime, Sully is you know he's like he's like oh yeah I've got this whole mission but I may as well try to get date rapey on a TSA agent who has zero interest in me.
0: Yeah, well, she's a, a stewardess. I is think.
1: she a stewardess? I don't. They never made that particularly clear. That's she actually was just pretty true. She... Girl on a phone. <laughs> Yeah, a girl who's on apparently phone who getting obviously, her pilot's license.
0: Yeah, a girl on phone who obviously works for the airport. Like, yeah, they never say whether she's a stewardess, whether or not she's uh, she's like a in like she's a pilot in training. They never say whether or not she's TSA
1: or if she works at like the front desk of the airlines. Like,
0: yeah, it's very very nondescript. Um, but her name is Cindy, and she plays a pivotal role in the film. <sighs> on. <laughs> A very unlikely yet pivotal role in the film. Um,
1: Commando! Commando! Uh, yeah. I, Jen
0: could not stand her voice. Uh, the actress is Ray Dawn Chong.
1: And I'm really sorry about that, Ray Dawn. I'm, I'm sure you went on to better roles.
0: May, Actually, probably not. But <laughs> Let me see. I you don't know. She's still doing stuff.
1: What is she best known for on IMDb?
0: Uh, Commando's the top billing. Oh... Uh. At least it's, it's the first, it says known for Commando. She was in The Color Purple. Jeff, Who Lives at Home. What the hell is that? I don't know. And Quest for Fire. Uh, she was on an episode of That's So Raven in 2007.
1: Uh, so basically that? this was the peak of her career.
0: She had recurring roles on TV shows, Mysterious Ways and Wildcard. I've never I never, I've heard, never of heard of those, either of yeah. those. Yeah, she was on an episode of Poltergeist: The Legacy TV show in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, yeah, she's done stuff. She
1: she gets by. She's good. Well, now that we found that out, we'll go back to <laughs> back yeah. to the beautiful movie. So
0: Sully's apparently trying to date rape this poor girl. Pursues her through the airport to her car in the parking lot. She shoots him down. He calls her a fucking whore.
1: Yeah, like, like you do when you have a Napoleon complex and you get shot down. Yeah.
0: Not to mention Sully, throughout the entire airport, has just lit up a cigarette and is just smoking in the airport, like he Na- did in the mid-'80s. I was going to say,
1: 1985 is a different time. It was. Where men were rapey men and could smoke in airports. It was better times. Oh.
0: <laughs> um, so... Then she shoots him down. He goes back to his car. Which Matrix... is
1: conveniently parked, like, across the aisle from her. Yeah. Matrix comes up
0: behind poor Cindy, puts his hand over her mouth, and says, I'm not going to hurt you. And She
1: thinks she's going to die, but manages to be annoying anyway.
0: Yes. He tears the seat out of her car.
1: For reasons we're not really sure on, because originally I was like, oh, it's so that he can lay flat and not be seen. But every other scene of them in that car, he's sitting perfectly upright. Yeah,
0: like it—it it makes no sense. He should have been laying down.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure his seats are adjustable, dude. Yeah, just
0: just recline,
1: slouch a bit. Yeah,
0: recline. Yeah, you could recline in seats in the 80s.
1: That was—it was an older model car, so maybe it didn't recline. Maybe. But I'm like, just slouch a bit. Tuck your knees up. Yeah, you're flexible. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, they pursue Sully to a restaurant in a shopping mall.
1: In the Galleria, which I was really hoping was going to be the headquarters of Cher's dad, a.k.a. Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya, who, I've forgotten the name of his actual character.
0: Yeah, let me, let me I'm just gonna
1: call him Cher's dad for the duration, because that's really the role that that he speaks to me the most in.
0: Okay, his name is Arius. A-R-I-U-S.
1: Fine, I'll call him Sharius Daddius.
0: Sharius Daddius, that's horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's this passports handoff,
1: passport and cash handoff at, at a an off brand Bannigans.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Matrix, a,
1: Matrix, brilliant plan for getting Sully alone is to have the woman that he called a fucking whore. Stalk him into the restaurant, try to seduce him out so that Sully can, or so that Matrix can beat the crap out of Sully to get the information he needs on where his daughter is.
0: Yeah. It does not go that way. Cindy instead tells a cop that John Matrix, that there's a psychopath outside who's kidnapped her. Which is
1: the smartest thing that she did in the movie, and then she proceeds to undo all of it.
0: Exactly. Like, has a change of heart in the middle of this what turns into a shootout at the galleria yeah. between armed security guards which is weird like
1: they were less mall cops more mall commandos
0: yeah pretty much um i loved that one security guard who who's like chatting up some chicks and he's like want to see me kick some ass
1: Oh, and this is, I think, the one of the first occurrences where we find out that nobody in this film can say the word motherfucker properly.
0: No, the first one was when he got captured, like when his truck flips and he goes, freeze motherfucker.
1: Oh, like, that's right. Sorry. This is this is where motherfucker number two comes in. Yeah. He's like, he's like, getting they're getting more of the cops on the radio and it's like, the, he's like, it's about six, two, da, 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 da. It's like, one big motherfucker. Like, <laughs> why can't anyone say this word correctly? <laughs> Also, it's- 6'2, like, really. I mean, I guess he's he's built, but I'm like, 6'2, like, in reference, is, is perhaps larger than the average dude, but not like so gigantic, or it'd be like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely absurd.
1: <laughs> Sorry, we're having to pause for a cat delay one more time. Just keep the door open, babe. We're going to edit out this spot of dead air where we're having cat issues. <laughs> we're going to edit this part out. <laughs> the cat dead air.
0: No, we'll keep it in. Oh. Um. Yeah, so this whole shootout happens at the Galleria, and it's ridiculously absurd. Uh, yeah, because at
1: one point he... Oh yeah, the the best part when he chases down Sully, because Sully sees him and almost shits himself, and then needs to get to. And then, I think this movie would have never taken place. Like you could not remake Commando. I think you
0: could remake Commando. You
1: couldn't remake Commando. This would all be solved with a cell phone.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. Because yeah.
1: the, the 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 main, I think we kind of skipped the main plot of it is that his you know his daughter is kidnapped. They think he's on a plane because there is no Wi-Fi, there is no other way for them to get updates. He has 11 hours, which is the length of the flight to kind of save the day, find his daughter, everything else before they find out that he was never on the plane and they kill his daughter.
0: right. So, so he
1: has to so Sully has to run to a phone booth, and apparently, Arnold Schwarzenegger can just pick up a phone booth.
0: With a human being inside it.
1: And tip it end over end like he is tossing a caver.
0: Rip it out of the fucking ground. And then Sully's fine getting out of that. Yeah. Not battered, bruised, anything like that. Just scared.
1: And sullen.
0: And Sully. <laughs> so. He.
1: get yeah, he runs because now, now Arnold's surrounded, or sorry, Matrix is surrounded by security guards.
0: At S- one point, they've piled on top of him and he, like, fucking neos from uh, yeah. the Matrix and Ba-dum. flings
1: Psst. them all away.
0: Yeah, just. Blah! Austrian powerhouse explodes.
1: Apparently, they'd all at one point linked arms so that he could do this with only two arms of his own. Right. And in the
0: span of two minutes, A security guard that has an open shot on Matrix, Cindy pushes him down the stairs, goes, no, and pushes him down. So in this two minute and a half, two minute span, she's had a complete change of heart.
1: I think because she suddenly realized, she's like, oh my God, that guy has a gun. And the guy he was talking to at the bar had a briefcase full of money. I'm like, which they don't even get into the fact that a briefcase and, and the guy fall off of a balcony, the briefcase... Comes open in midair. Money starts raining down. There's absolutely no pandemonium. I'm like, I'm pretty sure at any mall, if money just started raining from the ceiling, people would would stomp all over that dead guy to get to the money.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that think at that point, you know, I think it was the gunfire where people were running away from.
1: Maybe, but um, yeah. So I I just it amuses me because they're so intent on going after Matrix, who is completely unarmed. Meanwhile, Sully has killed two security guards and shot at
0: people, Civil- yeah. shot at civilians, civilians, and
1: yeah, and just shot in general wildly into the air. They're not at all concerned with the guy with the gun. They're concerned about the 6-2 unarmed dude. Yeah. Um yeah, so Sully makes it into an elevator and Matrix decides to utilize the weird inflatable decor of the galleria Tears it like it is a child's balloon, yet is secure enough in it, like, believes enough in its structural integrity to try and use it as a Tarzan rope to land on top of the elevator.
0: Right. Like, how the fuck is this overgrown party streamer fastened to the fucking ceiling, number one?
1: It's bolted on to carry a huge motherfucker. Motherfucker.
0: (laughs) So he gets on top of the elevator, lets Sully get off the elevator, and then jumps down to pursue Sully into the parking lot.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: he could have just punched through the top of the elevator. They have, like, shafts and shit like that. They have doors. They have
1: an escape hatch, yeah. And and the thing is, you, you your initial thought would be, well, he probably can't punch through, you know, the, the elevator, Um, you know, It's not really the shaft at that point. He can't punch through. Yeah, Yeah, he can't punch through the hatch. Like no man is that strong. He can punch through everything else. And at one part, he just tears apart the padlock and chain holding a gate together. So I'm pretty sure if he if there was like where there's a will, there's a way, he could have gotten into the elevator.
0: Yeah. No. So they chase Sully down. He tries to steal Cindy's car, Cindy runs out to his car. He's
1: already driving away and she has somehow found another exit that puts her ahead of the parking garage and and ahead of him. And she's like, stop it right now. Let me get me in the car. And she of course gets in the car and immediately falls over because there's no seat. Hilarity ensues.
0: Oh, and we forgot about the part where Sully peels out with his Porsche and hits Matrix
1: Who Who has no damage at all.
0: No, just, like, gets hit with a car, Matrix bounces off of the windshield, lands on his feet like a cat, and just goes and steals Cindy's car.
1: Hashtag black ops. Black ops, yes.
0: So, there, so Cindy lays it all out in the car. She's like, you see, you know, you kidnapped me, you do this, you steal my car, you rip the seat out, you're swinging like Tarzan, they're shooting at the bloody, bloody, bloody,
1: blah, blah. Meanwhile, so- I'm like, why did you get in the car? Do you not have insurance? All you had to do was go to the police after the shootout and be like, hey, remember that giant guy that beat the crap out of half of you? Well, he was chasing that weird little short weaselly rapey dude who killed half of you and he stole my car. And I think the like it would be fairly easy to trace what with the giant news coverage of the mass shooting at the Galleria. Right,
0: like there would be it wouldn't it wouldn't be a really hard story to corroborate. Yeah, <laughs> at it wouldn't all. be a
1: hard sell. Plus, at this point, he's already smashed the crap out of most of her car and torn the seat out, so her resale value is kind of shot to shit anyway. So there's really no reason for her to get back in the car with him.
0: No, at not, all. Not at all. None. But thank goodness she does. Yes, because it leads to some it beautiful. It leads to My favorite scene in the entire movie. First off, you have that you have that chase scene where <laughs> you have the chase scene where the Matrix is hitting the side of Sully's car. The side of this Porsche is obviously fucked up, but in scene take like in scene to in take to take. The car's fine in some scenes and fucked up in the mid- Like, it goes fucked up, side of the car's fine, fucked up again. So the reusing footage that they took for when the car was fine, then they flip Sully's car and run her car directly into a light pole.
1: Oh, and yeah, she's not even in a seat, much less a seat belt. It was a high-speed chase. They hit into a lamppost Somehow, oh, and and they're in a convertible,
0: right? So she, somehow and they she, don't just like they don't just like tap this thing. No, they wrap the whole front of this
1: car. Yeah, and they're by a cliff. Somehow, um, she doesn't go flying over the windshield into the windshield or move at all. Really, I think she no. just ends up sitting a little bit more upright.
0: Yeah, split second after it, John Matrix puts his hands over, and goes, "Are you all right?" It's like no
1: she shouldn't
0: be yeah i'm more all
1: right than than science and physics have told me i should be
0: right but that's john matrix hashtag black (laughs) so (laughs) so he picks sully up out of the car
1: oh and by the way sully does not seem to have any injuries after being in a porsche that flips
0: right like if 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 James Dean has taught us anything. This is not a good situation to be in.
1: <laughs> yeah. Tiny cars that flip, you usually don't feel so great afterwards.
0: No. So pick Sully up. Tell
1: Has Sully... Dangling by the ankles over a cliff.
0: And you can clearly see the rope, which makes the line, You better look out, Sully. This is my weak arm. That much fucking funny. <laughs> Kills me has this expository dialogue uh the hey sully remember when i told you i'd kill you last It's like that's right matrix you did say that he goes i lied and ah! drops him and the and the adr'd scream just cuts off it goes Aah! like just no echo no doppler effect nothing
1: as far as we know sully is still falling to this day <laughs>
0: He just really he got bored with it really quickly.
1: <laughs> John Matrix opened a portal of uh, hashtag Black Ops
0: hashtag Black Ops. <laughs> so they they steal Sully they flip Sully's Porsche back over and
1: it's fine because that's all that takes to repair a car that's flipped is just to put it back on its wheels. Which at one point it was driving on two of the wheels before it flipped.
0: Right, because it it was on two wheels and then flipped like hit the side of the. Gorge, I guess. Uh, hit the uh-huh. side of
1: something and flipped. Apparently all the tires are totally fine. Everything is intact.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, the side of the car still fucked up in that scene. And then the next scene when they're driving, side of the car is fine.
1: Ugh.
0: Which is hysterical. So they...
1: Yes. Thankfully, Sully does not disclose any information. He is a loyal soldier to the end. Um, but has a key that is clearly marked with his motel. And the room number, right? Like a big friggin' plastic keychain of the hotel with the room number. Sully would never have lasted in Black Ops.
0: No, Sully. Sully obviously was not in Black Ops. Sully was in No Ops. No rapy Raping Napoleon Ops. I don't. I don't understand how he got this job. Like he's Lo- not, loyalty. He's, not, he's he's loyal. He's not good at anything in the entire movie. Like there's nothing where you'd just be like, you don't see him kill anybody. You see him. Well, well you he do. kills
1: security guards.
0: He kills security guards, but you don't see like what is this weaselly little kiss ass offer to the team?
1: My my thought is that he and um, Jackson were like BFF because if you see them together, they were like the pre-casting of twins.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So. So they were like a pack,
1: they were like a set, pack- mo- they, they were a package deal.
0: Yeah, no, I don't go anywhere without my brother. Yeah, my brother in arms. All he does is chase tail, <laughs>
1: my, my itty bitty Sully.
0: <laughs> so they go to the motel to try and find shit in Sully's room. Cook shows up at Sully's room. Cindy, like Arnold or Matrix rips Sully or rips Cindy's blouse to make it and turns on the shower to make it look like she was a call girl or an escort or something
1: somebody that pay that somebody that sully paid for sex because you know he's not getting anyone willingly
0: no not with that charming personality he had so they get sully or uh cook comes in matrix behind the door jumps him this crazy like he's got everybody in this movie has the most ridiculous guns Nobody has, like, a normal 9 millimeter or Glock or anything like that. They're carrying fucking six-shooters. Like, these big fucking Colt Magnum revolvers. And it makes no sense to me whatsoever.
1: But it does lead to Cindy uttering the only, like, really the best line, I think, in the entire film.
0: Yeah, when, when, uh, they're, when Matrix they're... and Cook are tussling.
1: While they're, while they're tussling, yes uh she gets to scream out um i can't believe this macho bullshit and i'm like <laughs> i f- i feel like that was the ta- that should have been the tagline in the trailer like commando you won't believe this macho bullshit
0: and it's it's true <laughs> it's, it's absolutely you- fucking true so they kick so at one point matrix kicks cook through a door into the other yeah, room yeah
1: apparently they're just a very it's a very cheap motel with very thin walls and connecting rooms right kicks the kicks do
0: or kicks cook through a door into another room where they're filming a porno essentially because there's there's lights and there's uh like the reflective lights are they i didn't notice the
1: reflective lights i just noticed the girl's first uh, response to any kind of panic was to scream, throw her arms out of the side, and thrust her boobs as far forward as we can. Yeah. Like, what was the rating on, the, on Commando? Was it R?
0: It had to be R. With the language and everything like that. Like,
1: I mean, it was 1985, so maybe it was
0: PG-13. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Didn't really care about children. <laughs> All right, Commando. Let's... I should really just keep the IMDb page up. Um... Where is the rating? Oh, it's been, it was nominated for some awards.
1: It didn't get any of them. It was nominated for, I think, like sound editing or something. Uh,
0: Saturn Award for Best Special Effects. Yeah. Which is <laughs> absurd. And then uh, uh, Alyssa Milano was nominated for the Young Artist Award. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure it was rated R. Yeah. Where the fuck is the rating on here? Yeah, R. Okay. Commando, rated R, one hour and 30 minutes.
1: I, I don't know if they maybe had, like, I just imagine the studio negotiation of, like, okay, well, you have an R rating, and it's like, but well, we really want to show boobs. Okay, well, you've had a lot of violence, so we'll allow one pair of boobs in this movie. <laughs> You'd better make them phenomenal.
0: They were, I don't know, like, we ended up pausing it. Just, uh, like, at one point, because I think one of us had to, like, get up and get a drink or something, and I paused it directly at the scene where the boobs are out. But they're, like, they're, like, fish eye boobs. Like, they're just just, looking in opposite directions.
1: They're 1985 classic bolt-ons. (laughs) that
0: Technology's come so far. (laughs) So, but here's the fucking thing about that. Like, they kick through the door where they're obviously filming this porno, but gunshots have already occurred and have hit the wall where the other hotel room would be. No cops have been called. They're still fucking. They're like, yeah, there's gunshots. A bullet just entered the room, but we have a job to do. The show must go on.
1: <laughs> and then you get the the beautiful, the, um, the other line from uh, from Cindy. Cindy, where it's like... It's like, uh, what is it? It's like, you guys eat too much red. These guys must eat too much red meat. I'm like, this message brought to you by America's beef farmers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Macho beef.
1: Like, this will give you the, it's like, beef will give you the power to break through walls and survive gunfights.
0: So then Cook ends up getting kicked back into the hotel room and is impaled on a table leg. Or a, t- a chair leg? It's like a, a leg table of or something, chair. A furniture leg.
1: What I learned really from Commando is th- how incredibly fucking easy it is to impale people. Because this is the first of two impalements, and both of them are equally stupid. Oh, yeah. Because the amount of force that you have to have to get a, a chair leg or a table leg through somebody's body is is pretty intense. Uh-huh. And we won't even talk about the second part yet. No, 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 no.
0: So so they kill Cook. They look through Cook's car. They find a... They find a... Uh,
1: random fuel receipt. Yeah.
0: Random fuel receipt in the glove box. They go to the warehouse where Arnold... Where Matrix is able to rip the padlock and chains off of the gate, as we previously Hashtag mentioned. Hashtag Black Ops. Hashtag Black Ops. Um... <laughs> And the whole thing's—it's a weapons depot, like this whole huge, big weapons depot, which doesn't make too much sense, because
1: well, they find the they find the fuel receipt, and he's like, "Oh, it's in a warehouse. Like it's 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 by like a bunch of warehouses." Apparently, out of this entire bunch of warehouses, they have no trouble finding the warehouse that was holding all of their weaponry right
0: to arm what we will eventually find out or where we find out here is there's an island off the coast of Santa Barbara that Dan Hedea has uh
1: turned into his own military compound complete with a mansion
0: yes like this palatial drug dealer fucking mansion
1: just and, hanging out off the coast, yeah, like, like you do,
0: the military isn't never come by just to say, Hey, what you guys doing? No, if a- uh,
1: <laughs> coast guard's not like, "'Hey, why are all of these arms being shipped to this tiny island nope
0: south amer- <laughs> South American dictator pretty much owns this island off the coast of Santa Barbara, and nobody has batted a fucking eye.
1: <laughs> maybe he paddled the island with jet rock. i i don't know i there's there's no reason for it it's no. it's incredibly stupid
0: no i don't even think it i i don't even think they said it was like off of international waters or anything
1: no they they no they yeah. didn't they didn't give any more explanation than was is necessary
0: uh, necessary is a rough word like I, there was a lot of explanation necessary for a lot of things yeah um so they find out all of this, they find out where the island is, and then they go shopping as Matrix puts it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, where he drives a bulldozer.
0: Drives a bulldozer through the gate of a military surplus store so that he can literally turn himself into a one-man army,
1: which cracks me up because I just it just occurs to me he just left <laughs> the depot full of munitions. Right. To go break in, to a surplus store. Did they not have his size and speedo at the?
0: No, he at could, the he depot full have, of weapons. Okay, he couldn't have stolen anything from there. They had to get in and get out of there without being noticed. Like they knocked out one guy in that depot and put him in a closet, <sighs> just so they could get the information that they needed. But the best scene, like, it cracks me up every fucking time I watch this movie. He drives the bulldozer through the gate, jumps down off of the bulldozer. As soon as his feet hit the ground, steel drums, <laughs> like steel drum music. This is
1: the, the steel drum saxophone combo is the the noise of Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. The, the And every movie trailer, it's it's like the steel uh, yeah that that the steel drums and saxophone like they cue in to let you know shit's about to go down in this movie and i'm like i did not know you could make a steel drum sound ominous yeah
0: steel drums and saxophone it's all over the movie i remember when when the movie started and you first hear the steel drums, because you hear it throughout the entire movie. I think we're about an hour into explaining the movie at this point.
1: And we've left out the steel drum, which is We
0: have, which is which is a travesty in and of itself. Yeah. I I turned to Jen, I'm like, oh, by the way, you're gonna hear a lot of steel drums in this movie. And you do a lot. A lot, a lot. So finally, for the first fucking time. Like he arms himself to the hilt and everything. cops show up the cops finally show up somewhere where they're supposed to be. It's not like a happenstance sort of thing where there's a cop, and she reports them and bloody blah, blah. No, the cops show up after this whole trail of ridiculousness yeah,
1: like you can sh- apparently you can shoot up a motel, but God forbid you break into an unoccupied building with a bulldozer. Which now that I say that out loud kinda makes sense that he was totally caught by cops. Yes, I'm like yeah. I'm like, this is where I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to I have to rescind your hashtag black off status. Right. You could have used a fucking door, mate.
0: Yeah. So cops show up. Cindy's allowed to leave the scene of the crime with all of the weapons still in the car.
1: Apparently, uh, well, apparently she just got it out and got everything unloaded in the time it took him to ogle all of the guns.
0: Yeah, it I don't understand why she was allowed to leave the scene of the crime. There were cop cars everywhere. Like, she was not supposed to be there. She obviously would have been questioned. They would have seen all the guns in the car that she was in.
1: Including the rocket launcher.
0: Including the fucking rocket launcher. No, instead she's allowed to drive off the lot.
1: And the cops don't know. Like, they, you know, put him in the police van. Police van drives off. They don't notice the fact that they're being tailed by this bright like this blue fucking Cadillac convertible cuz every car in this movie is a convertible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or at least
1: a t-top.
0: Yeah. And a lot of them are instruments of death. <laughs> yeah. So she uses she
1: Oh yeah, no. They 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 make you uh, I think, like, to kind of cover the fact that that she's about to commit violence against, you know, the police force, <laughs> they decide to make the cops like lecherous pervs. Yeah, every
0: Where, guy in this movie is all about ass. It's ridiculous. They're pretty
1: rapey. Like, they honestly, they're like, about
0: ass or death or ass saving death. your daughter, like yeah. saving a girl. Like, that's about it.
1: Yeah, because she pulls, they, she pulls up alongside them at a red light. And they're just like, hey, look at you, da, da, da. And you know, pu- they pull off.
0: catcalling, calling, essentially, yeah. yeah.
1: And she stops, and she stands up in the car, and they're still watching her in the rear view because they're creepy. And it's like, oh, I think she has something for you. She does. It's a rocket launcher that she first fires backwards.
0: Which is hysterical. <laughs> That's a great scene.
1: It kind of is. And then she's like, oh, shit. And apparently, I'm like, I I've, I've fired a rifle before, and the, the kickback on that like, was very severe.
0: Right. You're not- I
1: imagine a fucking rocket launcher would, one, damage the fuck out of your hearing, and two, propel you back, you Quite know? a
0: bit, especially since you're standing up in a car. Yeah, and. You don't have a lot of leverage. And I'm pretty you sure she's wearing, your feet. and she's
1: wearing heels. Yeah,
0: you're not going to be able to plant your feet. No. Enough to not. Go
1: and you over have no cattle. experience. and But either way, she quickly figures out that all you have to do is, is flip the rocket launcher around and fires the rocket launcher at the police car.
0: Yeah. And John and then picks John up and they go about their merry way.
1: Yeah. No. And leading to the it's like it's like, how did you do that? She's like, I read the instructions. I'm like, with what spare time? Right. And which instructions? Do they do they tape the booklet to the rocket launcher? Because I didn't see it on there. It do does... they emboss them on the side of the rocket launcher?
0: Maybe? I don't know. I've never seen one. Uh,
1: I mean, looking at like it would have made sense if, if she'd just been like, There's a there's a trigger and I fucked up the first time, but I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> but instead it's like, Oh, I read the instruction manual. No, no. No you didn't. No. Shut up. You didn't have the time to
0: do that. God damn it, Cindy. So, so they get they get to the plane and they go they leave <laughs> there's this ridiculous shootout that happens everywhere in this movie. While but, they're
1: while they're looking for the amphibious plane which apparently only takes special amphibious plane fuel, which is how she knows it's an amphibious plane because they say amphibious like 18 times.
0: Yeah. Uh they get in the plane. And they're all they're they make their way out to the island.
1: Oh, and in just a quick side cut to the scene with um Cher's dad and um what's his name?
0: Uh, oh,
1: Bennett. And Bennett having a conversation and it's and he's like, Oh, when Matrix gets here, you're gonna be worried, mate. Like it's like Matrix and I could kill all your men, Matrix and I, and it's like Okay, we got it. Like you you and Matrix, like BFF Biff, yeah, for life.
0: Fucking Biffles. Yeah. It's Biffle like, Ops. <laughs> Biffle <Lops. laughs>
1: Their special mission is love. <laughs>
0: Hashtag Biffle Ops.
1: <laughs> But yeah, it's like, it, it. It just it was so weird because it was kind of like a like my dad could beat up your dad kind of conversation. Yeah, it was absolutely absurd. It, it was just kind of like, well, you're gonna need protection from from Matrix because Matrix and I could do this. It's like, oh God, okay, we get it. Like you, you, you and you, Matrix, suck
0: his fucking dick off, why don't you? <laughs>
1: there was a lot of um a lot of sexual tension on the part of Bennett. There was. And it wasn't just the Friday Mercury uh, cosplay that he was wearing.
0: Hey, don't stop him now. He's having a good time. <laughs> Talking about balls. Talking about balls. Yeah.
1: Don't anyway. Stop
0: me now. <laughs> so she flies to the island, or she flies Matrix to the island. Although it looks like Matrix is doing a fair amount of flying, too, so it's still not entirely decided why Cindy's there to begin with. Especially
1: because she couldn't figure out how to make the... She, could, she, she couldn't she could figure out where the plane go up lever was.
0: Yeah. To narrowly avoid hitting the T-tops on boats. Or not T-tops, the Bermuda tops on boats. Yeah. So it's like...
1: So Matrix has to save her ass there, but apparently, apparently she's there to fly the plane while he removes all of his clothing. Yes because when they get out of the plane and he gets into a raft he's, he's in a sp- only in a speedo
0: yeah loading up this ridiculously small raft with, with a ridiculous- ridiculously heavy
1: cache of weaponry
0: exactly
1: and apparently a change of clothing so I'm like is he going to do this entire fight in a speedo because i i will die
0: that would have been that would have made that what what's already a phenomenal fucking shootout that would have made it 10 times better. Like, just him in a Speedo, just fucking lighting everybody up.
1: But I love the fact that he remember like, it's a battle. Like, the, the fight is taking place during the day. Like, it's mid-afternoon on this island off the coast of, of Santa Barbara. Yet he still covers himself in, like, camo paint.
0: Right. Well, I mean, there's, there's plant life. And everything There's, There's a wood- botanical
1: fucking garden.
0: There's wooded area around the palace uh, that he was shooting out of for a little bit. Don't you
1: try to justify John Matrix actions. I, I'm <laughs> just saying.
0: Like we've picked the fucking we've picked this movie to shreds.
1: I just like that he stopped to put his makeup on.
0: Yeah. And
1: Yeah, so and that's where his speedo ch- his speedo changes color from the time that like she gets him out of the seaplane. And he, yeah, gets onto the gets onto the island, it's like Speedos are white, then close-up shot, Speedos are black again, and then next thing you know, he's fully kitted out in his commando gear and his pants and his boots and his socks and everything. Oh, you know what we did, though? We skipped Bill Paxton. Aw, Bill Paxton.
0: Yeah, Bill Paxton plays a radar technician at a fucking military uh, a Coast Guard base or something like that.
1: Yeah, uh, he's trying to fly over um, military... Restricted airspace, yeah, yeah,
0: military airspace. And Bill Paxson's the radar tech. And then nothing really happens from it.
1: No, she ducks down under the radar and manages to fly the plane close enough to the water to confuse the signal, because that's apparently all it takes.
0: Right, but I I think it starts to get Kirby involved, if I remember correctly. Like, the significance of that scene is that they... It starts to get Kirby involved, or is the or does Cindy? End Cindy up doing ends this? up
1: calling Kirby. Remember, so commando, what is Commando the... Charlie Bravo Five <laughs> Eight Commando?
0: Ugh,
1: just to let you remind you what the name of the fucking movie is. Exactly, like eighteen times. She has the titular line. Commando.
0: Ugh. So, but yeah, then and and what is the plot significance to that? None. To that none. There was nothing. Bill there Paxton was no scene. reason for
1: it. Bill Paxton was incredibly underutilized. Oh, poor bastard. I wanted to be like, this is why he made While You Were Sleeping, but I'm pretty sure that's Bill Pullman. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bill Paxton. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. So then we get to the shootout where he's planning the C4 charges, and those like that explode. Those explosions are hysterical because they clearly come from within the building. They're so
1: from within the building. There's and then there's a um a watchtower which I've watched enough of these movies to know, you take out the dude on the top of the watchtower first. He saves him for last, shoots him, but then when they're, you know, cool guy walking away from explosions that are happening from inside the building because apparently these bombs burrow the top of the watchtower explodes. Yeah. I'm like, he didn't even go to the watchtower. How did the how did explosives get to the top of the watchtower? He didn't throw a grenade. He didn't do anything. Nope. It just explodes.
0: <laughs> it's so ridiculous.
1: Like all I can think of is that the C4 triggered the destroy all buildings switch the, on this
0: that the special effects in that film during at that at the at that scene. Like the movie's already kind of ridiculous. That just took it to a whole new level of absurdity. And especially ugh when he throws a grenade and the two guys flip up, but you can obviously see the springboards.
1: Well, that was I, I like I like I told you when we were watching the movie, he meant to kill the the other guys, he accidentally went after the Valverde uh, gymnastics team. <laughs> they were just trying to practice in the garden. They wear camo because that's what's readily available on Valverde, and and he murdered them. Yes, he murdered them before they could get the gold for Valverde.
0: <laughs> no. Meanwhile, in Val, speaking of Valverde, they right before this they have found out that. Jackson's dead, and Matrix was not on the plane. So Bennett goes to kill Jenny, a.k.a. Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano has taken apart the doorknob and has used it to pry open a board. Which she
1: spent hours doing. She's been in this building. Okay, flight was 11 hours. Say it takes like two hours by plane to get to that island thing, because I think that's what he had said before. So she's been there at this point approximately seven hours.
0: Yeah, seven or eight hours.
1: It has taken her seven hours to well figure out the plan and to pry apart this one board to slide through. Bennett, yeah, Bennett shows up to kill her. Bust has to bust down the door because she stole the doorknob.
0: Yeah, like she spent like she essentially spent six and a half hours with her thumb up her ass just in that room being scared. Which don't get me wrong, a little girl and everything like that. But it's clear from the beginning credit sequence that your dad has taught you a couple things about survival skills and
1: she stays pretty sassy pants through the movie yeah like it's
0: it, it, but either
1: way like i don't have a, i didn't have to even have a problem with with the fact that it took her so long to do that because i'm like still very clever pull apart a board good idea you go Alyssa milano um but the fact that when bennett goes after her he just all he has to do is gently fling himself against that wall
0: right just brr, fucking comes apart like balsa wood.
1: Yeah, which makes me think that she was not as good at commandoing.
0: No. <laughs> at commandoing?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Hashtag black nobs. <laughs> black nopes. So. And then Bennett proceeds to have trouble pursuing a 12 year old girl. Once again, Black Ops training fail. Absolute fucking fail.
1: Yeah, he can't find her in this ridiculously labyrinthine boiler, r- weird boiler room because uh, suddenly there's a factory underground. Yeah, there's like- versus a mansion and some shitty barracks that took no explosives to completely destroy. Yeah, like
0: this whole palatial manor is steam powered somehow.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like he can't find her, but. Mate John Matrix can hear her scream daddy while she's underground hiding and he's back in that mansion having just killed Cher's dad.
0: Yes, Dan Hadaya dead.
1: Cher's dad, yes, Cher's dad. <laughs> stop calling him that.
0: <laughs> so, um, so that leads to the final showdown with Bennett and matrix.
1: You could cut the sexual tension with a knife. You it, and you'd want to cut the screenwriter also with a knife because some of the worst writing in the movie takes place.
0: Just the the best number 1 the best facial expressions. Oh god. Ever. They have just the craziest looks on their face. But the way Bennett goes, "I'm going to kill you now." Like that's not Australian accent. No. I think he was doing an impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger when he did that line. Yeah, because oh, it kills me. I cry laughing every fucking time.
1: Which is which cracks me up is the like during you know they have this epic fight and you know he shoots uh Bennett shoots Matrix in the arm like um Matrix slashes Bennett with a knife across the wrist. I wanna say that um Bennett loses like Matrix like gets kind of slashed in the kidneys in the kidney area. Oh yeah, because this is the other part of the movie before jumping back to this, that fucking garden shed scene. Where he ducks into a garden shed to try and Oh my god,
0: I forgot about this. Get his
1: business back together despite the fact that he's being chased by like twelve guys. They proceed to complete like he he's in there by himself long enough to remove his bulletproof vest to check his injuries, which if you're running from a bunch of guys with high powered automatic weapons, leave that. Fucker leave your on. vest on. Um, and then you know, manage to hide in the ceiling, take them all out with magic knives.
0: They weren't magic knives. He used b- uh, circular saw blades. That he threw like ninja stars and took off sections of their heads and
1: And an entire arm like the, oh yeah, he has the one part where he has the saw. Or the machete. A, yeah, machete. It's a machete
0: that he gets from the shed.
1: And the guy the guy's polite enough to stay perfectly still so that Bennett can hack off his arm. Matrix, yeah. Matrix. Matrix sorry, can Matrix hack his can animal. hack off his arm.
0: <laughs> yeah. It I love that scene. I can't believe we forgot to talk about that scene. <sighs>
1: But then, yeah, so then he leaves, doesn't put the bulletproof vest back on, which no. would be it's the complete... sensible thing to do, knowing you're about to get into a close quarters one-on-one fight with... with a guy who is supposed to be trained pretty much as well as you are and has a problem with ultraviolence.
0: Well, yeah, no, and he hasn't even fought Arius yet. Yeah. Like, that garden shed scene happens before he fights and kills Dan Hedea, dad. So yeah, dad. Cher- Stop calling him that. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we get to the final knife fight with Bennett and Matrix and it's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: because he manages to goad Bennett into putting down his gun and fighting him with a knife using really the most sexually charged language. It's like, you're going to want to watch my eyes when you stick it in and twist it. It's like, ah, come on now. Your
0: daughter's right here. (laughs) There is a little girl present. Get
1: a room, you two.
0: And... Which
1: their fight ends up go they go up some stairs? No, they they
0: they fall down.
1: Okay. They fall down to where the boilers are with the fire?
0: Yes. Even though it's
1: brighter up there than it was on the original level?
0: Yeah. No, there's it's halogen lit under the gratings for some reason.
1: Either way, and they're fighting near a um a fucking furnace because they've got furnaces as well as steam pumps and power because it's a boiler
0: room i should hope they have furnaces uh
1: they it's just but they're below there it's just so poorly put together
0: i don't understand how or why like maybe somebody out there knows something about how you power palatial mansions on islands off the coast of california
1: if 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 so please please write in please comment yeah please Please let us know yeah please please
0: educate us a little bit provide
1: schematics if you can that would be great um so. sorry, I I just want to make sure that we don't forget the electrical panel because that was my favorite part.
0: Go for it.
1: Yeah. So they're fighting they fight past the furnaces, which apparently, even though they're full of, you know, fire, um Neither of them have any feeling in their hands because Bennett just rips the door off of one of the furnaces. Right. Hits him. Uh, hits Matrix with it. Matrix proceeds to pick up what should what, what what should be a burning hot piece of steel. Yeah. And use it as a shield.
0: Yeah, you're supposed to wear pretty heavy gloves. Like if if the people at if the people at the fucking pizza place. Need to like wear a little glove or something when they get a fucking pizza out with a wooden paddle. Then surely this large boiler would need some sort of special hand protection.
1: Uh, yeah, so they fight with that and everything. and They're going back and forth and and weird expressions and mutual strangulation. And then Bennett manages to kick him. Oh, sorry, Matrix manages to kick Bennett past the furnaces into. An Which seems to fence. be an electric fence that's just randomly placed at the bottom of the furnaces? Bennett proceeds to take a massive amount of voltage for a significant amount of time, and then he's totally fine and again. And then
0: bounces right back from it,
1: like he's powered by electricity.
0: Yeah, like he's he's fucking uh, Jamie Fox from the last Spider-Man movie.
1: I, I, it's just, it just in terms of just what the fuck moments, I'm like. That would have killed him, or at the very least, he would have pissed himself and fallen unconscious. Right.
0: Like, it should have ended there.
1: Yeah. But he's totally okay.
0: But I'm so glad it didn't end there. Ugh. Because this line is easily the best line in the whole fucking movie. Bennett is against the wall, pushed against the wall, unveils a gun, which he's had. The entire time. The entire time. Unveils a gun. Matrix breaks a piece of pipe off the wall and throws it at Bennett. A
1: large diameter, hollow piece of pipe.
0: Impales Bennett, goes through Bennett into another pipe. Enough For steam to start escaping from the pipe that is through Bennett's body.
1: Yeah, but not the chunk of flesh that was presumably punched out like a crazy-ass hole punch. Because if you think about it, the steam is coming out towards Matrix. Right. It should have propelled that weird like donut circle of flesh at Matrix's head smacking him in the forehead and instantly killing them both
0: that's like his stomach plug on the ground there
1: <laughs> yeah but there's like no the, the steam is just shooting out but where where's the where's the bit of body that was cut and also how sharp was the the thing like he ripped it off of the wall it was still perfectly round right there was no shearing the amount like, have you ever stabbed <laughs> your
0: own hand with a straw before
1: by accident not through my fucking hand no, with but no it needs, force. No, but I mean,
0: even though it's perfectly circular and everything, it still, like, it, it leaves a, it
1: hurts. It smarts. Right, it leaves a mark, but it doesn't go through your entire fucking body. I think it could. If it was propelled by a by, like, a fucking rocket launcher power, not thrown by an Austrian dude who's already been shot in the arm... Yeah, like that's true. he doesn't have like he shouldn't have enough propulsive force to throw a piece of aluminum tubing through a man into another machine to force steam out without there being a flesh j- just the movie falls apart
0: <laughs> as if it, it was perfectly intact up to this point
1: I could deal with it until that point
0: But then the line, that beautiful beautiful line let out some steam Bennett. Oh. Jen yelled.
1: I, I may have actually screamed out loud.
0: She's like, calm the fuck off. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. Then you have this super happy ending where...
1: Where he's he's walking out with... J- oh, yeah. Jenny, by the way, having just witnessed the most brutal murder ever and her dad getting shot and stabbed several times, she's just like, Daddy! Like, like she's totally cool. Super, she has no lingering trauma.
0: Super happy face on.
1: Yeah, like, oh my god, that was totally awesome. Can I watch you kill more guys? Can we go for ice cream again? I want to feed deer. <laughs> yeah, and then he's, you know, the dramatic scene of him like shirtless, of course, carrying her out on on one arm, which I correct me if I'm wrong, is a fucking army was shot in.
0: No, it wasn't. It was cuz you could see the you could see like the shitty prosthetic bullet hole
1: Ah, and the other one yeah hopefully it was his weak arm i don't yeah so he's carrying her out she's smiling like she just won prom queen despite the fact that he pretty much had to take her through a sea of dead bodies yeah (laughs) she's told just blasé as fuck about it yeah you know walks out to general kirby and like Thirty other dudes who apparently were just chilling on the beach like waiting could you see like af- after that you, s- you see him coming in with the helicopters and then friggin' cindy and her derpy flying of the seaplane like wobbling along behind these helicopters yeah and you know she yeah she lands and everything and and general kirby's like oh so you're gonna come back he's like i want you to lead the team and he's like i'm done with that and Kirby's like, until next time. <laughs>
0: and then he goes, "No chance." It's the last words in the movie.
1: But then Jenny like runs
0: up to Cindy
1: and embraces her like excitedly. I'm like, "You don't know this bitch. She's never met her in her life." No, I don't know if they had like a quick talk where like he's like carrying her with one arm. He's to be like, "So you're gonna meet this chick?" I'm like, "You know, she she can kind of fly a plane. She has no like."
0: We owe her a car. <laughs> we
1: owe we owe her a car. She has no sense of self preservation whatsoever. She might be your new mom, <laughs> like, but be excited to see her. Like, you, you know, you'll get to know her. I'm gonna get to know her. Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do her. Um, and she's just like, oh my god, dad, that's awesome. Can we go for ice cream afterwards? Yeah. So that. And then they all get in the seaplane together. And fly off and I'm like, is nobody nobody's mentioning the fact that they stole the fucking plane in the first place? Like well, I'm they pretty stole sh- it from the guy they killed. I'm still like I'm pretty sure it's like evidence in in a multiple murder trial now. <laughs> yeah. Also, where are they gonna land this fucking seaplane? At his house? Because it barely like it was a heavily wooded area. Are they gonna land it in a stream? Like where are they going in this seaplane?
0: They're going back to
1: the pier. To return the seaplane and steal another car? Like, they have no vehicle.
0: It'll work out. They got the military backing them now. They're good.
1: Yeah, the military, General Kirby, who's still on the fucking island. Like, they should have figured out the logistics on how they were gonna get home before they just flew off into the goddamn sunset like a bunch of retards.
0: (laughs) Well, that takes us through the movie (laughs) Commando. Scale of one to ten, Jen, what'd you think?
1: Honestly, like... In terms of, of the things that you would, like on an Academy rating level, it's a three. The script writing was awful. The special effects were kind of laughable. The editing was utter shit. But in terms of sheer entertainment value, I have to give it like an 8.5. It was an, it, was an in, it was an interesting fucking movie. Because you're is. just like, what the hell is going on right now? Yeah,
0: it's ridiculous. And It's hilarious but it still holds up as a really it's a good action movie.
1: It is. It's it's very, you know, it's explodey and and shooty and there's interesting deaths like that dude getting half his scalp like filleted off
0: by by a circular
1: saw blade. blade like you do.
0: It delivers on a lot of death fronts. It's it it fantastic. does.
1: I mean, and I think any of uh, a lot of action movies you do have to suspend any any sense of reality <laughs>
0: yes well how how is that for your first arnold movie i
1: was i i think it's gonna be better than that one you're gonna have me watch where he plays what is it the devil in brooklyn or what was that one
0: the uh end of days yes where he it he's the cop in a post-apocalyptic
1: no uh, was it the one where there was a devil and something
0: end of days is about where he's a he's a new york cop oh wait no that i'm trying to remember
1: no it was one that sounded truly truly awful <laughs> but there's so many either way i i'm i'm assuming that this might be a highlight in them yeah and that i'm i'm always you know it's like i do admire the fact that most of the action in this movie it did take place during daylight in in well lit situations, which is something you really don't see in a lot of movies, movies now. Yeah, like they're I usually thought. it's like we're gonna have a gunfight in utter darkness. Yeah, I blame Christopher Nolan.
0: <laughs> well, on that note, I think next time, uh, I think next time we're gonna do we're either gonna do another action movie or we'll do a comedy. Okay, so, um, yeah, we'll see. On that note, I am Mike Papadopoulos.
1: I am Jen Papadopoulos.
0: Thank you guys for listening to the Hey Arnold Podcast. Keep up alive.